With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. At Discount Tire, we know your time is valuable. Get 30% shorter average wait time when you buy and book online. Did you know Discount Tire now sells wiper blades? Check out our current deals at DiscountTire.com or stop in and talk to an associate today. Discount Tire. Let's get you taken care of. It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio was a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. to our Celtic State of Mind. It's the Monday Club, minus one, temporarily. As you can see, I'm Tony Haggerty, and I've been joined by the amazing Amy Canavan, and we're a man down until quarter to one, Amy. The resident rascal, Russell Boyce, will be joining us then. Uh, he has work commitments, and before anybody runs away, do not adjust your set. My shirt is just temporary interference, and I'm not going line dancing after this broadcast. He's here wondering. Now, Amy, let's celebrate the positive right away. Celtic won, and we are talking about a Celtic victory on a Monday. Woohoo! Yeah! Come on! Now, uh, Russell was on the aftermatch show yesterday, the bulletin. Just wanted to get your reaction to the, the win, first and foremost, Amy. It's fantastic. It's needed. So needed. Um, to be honest, did the performance really warrant it? Not 100% sure, but, you know, it's kind of what we've talked about for so long now. It's that winning ugly. Celtic done that yesterday. It wasn't a, a game glamorous on the eye. Um, you're not going to be talking about it for, for the ages. It wasn't, you know, the greatest advocate example of, of Angeball, but it was winning ugly. These are the sort of games that, you know, champions need to win, that Celtic need to win, that Celtic have won over the years. As much as we say, you know, Celtic have probably enjoyed quite a lot of joy up at up at Pitodre, um in in recent years. It's not always been the easiest venue venue. You don't always have it your own way. So struggling Aberdeen site as well, there's no denying that. But it's um it's a win, it's a way win. That's that's that sort of, you know what do, you, what do you want to call it? But it's, it's that hump on the back that it's over with now. Um, you know, you're no longer carrying that around. So when's the win? You've got to take it. It's the win and ugly that I'm sure we'll, we'll come on to discuss. But it's just fantastic to be able to, to talk about a win. That albatross round the neck's been lifted, Amy. I'll do go for that. Now, we are smiling. Hey, positive, positive, positive. Let's start with a major positive and Jota who scored the winning goal yesterday, 
Portuguese winger on loan from Benfica. Celtic have the option to buy him at the end of that loan spell for six and a half million, Amy. Jota has bought into Celtic from the off. Eh? Two goals, two assists and seven appearances. He's getting it, isn't he? And he said yesterday after the game, great thing, I think he said, I think he said his mum and dad were in amongst the Celtic supporters yesterday and he wanted to speak to them to see how they felt, to see how it was for them. So that's just a guy who's grasped it, hasn't he? And, you know, I, I think if Celtic are prudent and wise, they would be looking at that right now and thinking, yep, he's a guy that can uh, enhance our side moving forward. You have to just chuck all the money that you can at him. Um, I would have him signed up, get that name on the dotted line, absolutely everything, whatever you want to call it. Like you say, he gets it. It's so evident. Um, he's so eager. But I think what was really crucial perhaps to it is, you know, we, we kind of spoke about it initially when he when he held the press conference is that his English is really, really, really good. You know, so he's not even that bedding in period is gonna be ten times quicker because Tony, you know it from, from talking to former players. It makes it all the easier when the guys can come in and they can just talk the lingo. They might not you know, obviously I understand it all, but you can have a little bit of banter with them. You can get, get them in and like into the team sort of spirit. And that's evident, you know, you look at the, the celebrations afterwards, which was amazing to see, you know, them, them going up because that's that's been such an image over so, so many years. You know, you've seen Tyler, Rogers, Lennon, everyone up there um, celebrating at those that corner at, at Putodri. Um So that that was a real lovely moment to see as well for, for Posta Coglu, but for also for the players, for Yota, obviously, to, to be the, the winner and be the the, the the gold defining um, match winner. It, it was just a, it was just a lovely moment. It was a great goal as well. Um, I know we'll come and dissect it, but it's just his eagerness to be there. Um, you know, busting the guts. A terrific movement to play. Um, it's a really really well worked goal. Really 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 Celtic esque. Um, you know, yeah. and every good quality. You know, Rogic getting on the ball, Turnbull as well. It was their good moments. Montgomery busting a gut proves how keen he is to be getting forward as well, you know, and again, I know we'll, we'll come on to discuss it, but I um, I just thought it was a really, really well-worked goal. It was great that he was on the end of it because he deserved the goal. I think yeah. especially there was that effort in the first half, um, you know, he cut in um, on the inside of Ramsey, who I thought Ramsey actually played pretty well, you know, he's a great prospect for the, for the future for Scotland as well. Um, but, and like you say, he hammered off the off the crossbar. Could Did the keeper maybe have it covered? I don't know, because it was dipping and it looked quite a, a fair bit at the end. Um, but that effort alone, you know, that deserved a goal. But for him to get it at the end, um, it, it was a it was a great moment. I think he also deserved a bit of luck because he crashed one off the bar against Dundee United as well. Yeah. So he was cursed in front of goal, so it was good for him to get that, you know, just for himself. But I think, and like yourself, this is a, no, a no-brainer to make that loan deal permanent. Yeah. Yeah. Now, another vital cog in this machine and it's just brilliant to have him back because he just lifts everybody. Not even his play, but just the fact that he plays football with a smile on his face and everybody loves him. There was that great image of Joe Hart grabbing him and the bear hug at the end. Kyogo. It's just the importance of Kyogo. 26-year-old, Japanese internationalist, Amy. 11 appearances, 8 goals, 1 assist. And, uh, I mean, he's just he's just vital to the way that Ange wants the system to work, isn't he? And yesterday, it was that presence of mind that, OK, I'm going to go on the end of this, but I'm going to put it in my chest. How many players would have, that would have eluded them or they wouldn't have even had the quickness and thought in the brain to put it in with their chest? I just thought it was a brilliant striker's goal. You know, just that, that instinct that, you know, you, you can't teach that. That's the, you're, you're born with that. And he kind of gambled. He knew Bates maybe wasn't going to get there. And he thought, I'm putting this in by hook or by crook. And he used, uh, you know, an unfamiliar part of the anatomy for a striker score a goal but that's what pleased me the most about it it's the instinct isn't it it's like you say it's just wanting to score and how am I going to what what gives me the best opportunity to score um, it was a terrific ball in as well again you're talking about moments of David Turnbull at perhaps a game probably wasn't his best game yesterday but that was two really crucial moments that he more than played his part it was a terrific delivery um, and I just I just loved loved the goal, like you say. He beats the man quite easily and he gets himself into that position. And, you know, it's no no way in as a fluke because you see he sets his body up, the arms go behind. Um, 
you can talk about how influential it is. You know, you don't want to, I think I just saw a comment come up there as well, you don't want to become a one-dimensional team or a one-man team, um, sorry, and just rely on Kyogo. But his importance, you know, it, it cannot be it cannot be under undermined. Um, and you're talking about, you know, Yota and a guy who gets it. Kyogo's a guy who gets it. <laughs> um, I think the, the angle yesterday for the TV, it was fantastic that um, yeah. you could see Rogic and Kyogo celebrate, you know, as yeah. it goes on. And he was just, uh-huh. he was looking back to the Celtic fans. Um, and he, and he yeah. clearly loving his football. Um, he just that, seemed... That, that was a brilliant picture, Amy, as you said, uh, when... Celtic scored the goal and he was just standing himself and he was like, yeah, yeah. You know, and I just thought that sums it up because that's that's someone who's been, who's new to Celtic, new to the team, but that's what it means to him so early. You know, and it's reciprocated by the, his popularity, obviously in the team and the supporters as well. You know, you just, it's just, it's a joy to watch that, isn't it? Only urban, what did you say, the urban culture coming in here and say that's the first of three big games, three points taken. If we get nine, we can hang on till January. Don't disagree with that. We were talking last week about the, you know, her thoughts that they couldn't win any of them. That's a brilliant start, and it's something to build on, isn't it? Absolutely, and you know, you've got to to take the the positives out of it. It's again, it's probably like this international break probably came at the worst time. Um, you know, Andrew was joking about it as well that you just don't want anyone to come back unscathed, but you just want momentum to carry on. Um, so this little break, you know, it, it could work in both ways. It's always great going into the international break on the back of a win because you're not mulling any sort of defeat over with but you just really want to keep it going um, and obviously we all know what happened on the last international break w- with injuries and that but going back to obviously like the guys who get it and being Kyogo and, and Yota you look at their sort of partnership and really the three up front as well because I throw a bad into that again it wasn't his best performance yesterday he's kind of hit like a little bit of a, a, a lull period perhaps I don't know if he's maybe burnt out or who knows? Maybe does need a little bit of a, a bit of a rest day. Because I was really impressed by him when he first came in. I do think you've got to remember that he is nineteen as well. Um, but you know, you look at the three of them. Whenever one scores or whatever or anything like that, they are the first to all sort of like congregate together and celebrate. And that's great as well. Who knows? Maybe it helps the three of them that they're all new to this team. You know, we spoke about maybe you'd like a little bit of an experienced head up there, and that's why you're relying on you know Rogic and Turnbull to be to be that step up. But the three of them, there's there's a little team there it's or it certainly appears that anyway um because they genuinely look like a like a um obviously a badder like you say I, I know we'll, we'll probably come into that and who knows maybe with with James Forrest hopefully coming back soon who really knows when he'll be back um but if if he wants to keep his place in the team I definitely think that that'll be a little bit of competition there because you know we've spoke about how much we've we've missed James Forrest but as a trio right now they certainly look happy um and I think that's a nice thing to see as well even when a badder's not playing his best which which he's certainly not um he's still he's not looking downhearted you know like Tony we've seen um, ourselves that you know there's there's players that if they're not the one who's scoring then they're just, they're just not really too fussed about the celebrations and obviously they, they're happy but it always looks like there's a little bit of a, of a side note to it Abada's still first to Kyogo he's first to Yota and, and getting getting in, in, in and amongst the celebrations it's not all about him so that team spirit certainly looks there between the three of them um, and, and again that's just another great thing to see now, you spoke about the international break coming up. Anne's joked about players getting injured and if they get injured in international duty, they don't bother coming back, which I thought was a nice touch, you know, just kind of, he seemed a bit more relaxed about it in the leave. But now look at players returning from injury, Amy, and I, I, look, I look at the likes of Greg Taylor, Christopher Julian, Forrest, Juranovic. Now, these guys are still to come back into the Celtic team. Do you see four of them being automatic starters or in a, even though he's not injured but you know there is a school of thought amongst the Celtic supporters thinking now that Juranovic should maybe come in for Ralston at right back and play Liam Scales at left back in their natural positions because the defence is still cause for concern but of the injured part he's coming back I mean that's what Taylor, Julian Forrest, Juranovic you know I think all of them should be if they're fit pushing for automatic starts shouldn't they? have to all be pushing, you know. If, if you're in a Celtic, if you're a Celtic player, you have to be pushing for that um, starting eleven. Taylor's a funny one. I I'm quite a big fan of Greg Taylor. Always kind of have been. I think he's always for for a long period of time anyway was kind of the the scapegoat and just received unnecessary flack, um, especially when there was nobody else really 
and that mm-hmm. was another option where I, I can't, well, Montgomery obviously wasn't in the setup last year, but wasn't really used. I really, really do like Adam Montgomery. Um, I don't think he suits the left back role, though I think he's much more comfortable when he is that further forward. Hence why he'd done so well getting on the end of the cross getting on the end of the ball for the cross yesterday um, for the second goal. And I just don't know if perhaps it was maybe too too physical a side he was up against yesterday, but I felt sometimes it was just a little bit too easy to, to be beaten. Um, I don't know if then if Taylor is the answer or like say is it is it Scales, but Scales himself, you know, um Paul keeps putting out that video um from the press conference. He's not he would much rather be as a as the centre half compared to the left back. Obviously, he can play there, can play there, um, and it's kind of what we thought he was signed as. So it's an iffy one. Um, right now, obviously, Taylor's still going to be out for a wee while yet, isn't it? Because it's it's the surgery that he's he's after. So Montgomery has time. He certainly has time on his hands because Ange has the the trust in him. Clearly, you know you don't yeah. um, you don't play as many times already as as Montgomery has. If you don't, because there are there are other options there. You know there are times that Juranovic could have been out there before the injury, or he could have played skills. You know, or you give somebody else a chance. But he, he's put the faith in Montgomery, and I would still say he is getting repaid because he does give a hundred and ten percent. And you can kind of say that on the opposite flank about Ralston. But for how long does that hundred and ten percent last? Sort of thing. You know, you you have got to be producing. But moments like yesterday when you're going to be grabbing the assist, then they are the ones that. Will Will, will count in your favour because he's shown that he, he does have a part in this team. It's just trying to figure out where exactly it is. Don't know if maybe the formation then doesn't suit him the best because he's not really going to be breaking into that midfield and he's certainly not going to be breaking into that front three, especially now not ahead of Yota. Um, so it's trying to figure out where does Adam Montgomery exactly fit into this side because I do believe that there is, there is a future for him certainly in this Celtic side because he does offer a lot. Um, and again, you always have that soft spot for you know an academy player coming through the ranks because of the sort of guys that you want to see coming through. We've rattled on for so long, especially towards the tail ends of last season, that you know it's important to get these guys coming through the ranks at the club and then getting them into the first team. Now that we're doing that, we now can't say, "Oh, let's put them out," because that's what we want to see. Um, and it, it's little moments like that, and maybe with a little bit more experience. The, these these sharpness, tidiness, like compactness will come up because it is still a very new back four or back five. It can sometimes turn into it is a new kind of setup. Um, and then going on to that, or what what's your views on, on Montgomery? Sorry, actually, my view on Montgomery is I I think he's a better player uh, deployed more forward. I thought he kept his concentration level. Yes, and that's why he's in the team because across the ball across for Yota, which is put it away. And I contrast that with Andy Ralston's delivery at times. He hammers them across, you know what I mean? And which which doesn't leave players much option, you know, to, to get on the end of it. But I thought Montgomery kept his concentration level and knew that once he got into that position, he had to deliver, and he did. He, he swept it across, and all it needed was the finishing touch. So, And I like that about Montgomery's game, and I think he's... Uh, I think that's... Moving further, moving forward, I think he's better. He'll be better deployed in a in a more forward role. And I agree with you what you say. I just don't think he suits the style playing at left back. He can look uncomfortable at times, and that's and it wasn't his greatest game yesterday, but he justified his inclusion with that that cross for the goal for Yota's winner, which is why he was the, the manager has faith in him. Why he's in the team, Ralston, as you say, I've. Uh, they praised Ralston for recent performances, but I, I wrote in the man by man yesterday, how long can effort and commitment you know, sustain you in terms of holding on to that jersey? And I would possibly like to see Juranovic, once he's fit, play there. That's his natural position. And I would like to maybe see Scales at left-back. I know he maybe likes to play left or, or, or a centre-back, but I'd like to see Scales there just to try it, to see if it it works any better. That, that that's my thoughts. Now, I'm not saying just bomb the academy players out. I would just like to see these guys play to see if it's any better. I still, there's always room for academy players, and Adam Montgomery's not done much wrong, you know. But I just the last couple of games, you just think, okay, but you're allowing for the fact that they're young. You no, know, well, Adam Montgomery's certainly young as well, so that's what I thought. But to touch upon winning ugly, that's what we've been buying on about from the start of the season, you know, about Celtic with. And that was a great thing about yesterday. It was the winning ugly because, in truth, the second half, Amy, wasn't great. I don't want to go all negative, but the second half was pretty poor. And that was kind of the first chance we created at the end. 
you know, when they did score near the end, you know, and we and we created our own problems again with the passing the ball around at the back. You know, and I kind of noted down the six eighteenth and the sixty fifth minute. We put ourselves under real pressure. You know what I mean? So we need to kind of work out this system and get, you know, consistent with it, you know, and players being able to play under pressure and, and work that system that Ange wants to bring in. don't know what you thought about yourself. As it's tough. Um, and then as we're talking about, you know, all of these players that are still going to come back, the biggest thing is, is still trying to figure out our, our strongest side and getting that, you know, settled 11. Um, I, I keep going back, I think last year we had that, like 33 different teams in 36 games or something like that. And you don't want to get to a state of that because consistency is key. Um but you're spot on, I think, because a lot of our own problems yesterday and it was along that back line. So as you're talking about, you know, who who would be the the wing backs or the inverted full backs, whatever it kind of is. Um, I think you'd also be looking along, you know, the the centre back pairing as well. I think Chris Julian coming back, whenever that could, whenever that is going to be, is going to be massive. It's kind of went all quiet again as to when exactly he'll be back, which is which is a did a worrying sign. Um, and I, and I don't want to write Starfelt off. I, I really really don't because you know. He comes with a, a good reputation. You don't play where he's played, and you know play for the country that he plays for. If, if you're not half decent, but I find that odd considering that you know for for Sweden he can play in the midfield, which to me would then suggest that he's comfortable with the ball at his feet and can be that sort of you know passage of play. But when he's in that Celtic back line, I just think he fears having the ball and playing out for the back or trying to link up to anyone in the midfield. If he's not you know passing along to to Carter Vickers or going back to Hart, I just think he gets a little bit worried. Um, and I think there was a few times yesterday, you know, perhaps a more prolific side, a more confident side as well, because there's there's no confidence up in that Aberdeen side right now. Would they maybe pounce on him a little bit more? Um, so I think Julian coming back could be massive, um, you know, and I think this system, because, you know, he likes to go forward that little bit. We've seen that almost arrogance that he likes to stroll <laughs> forward. Um, and I'm all for it. It's not an arrogance that I don't, I don't like. But just to, you know, to get him going forward a little bit, um, so, so that could be a, a massive addition as well then because, like you say, it's just those little moments that could cost us and, and will eventually cost us. They have cost us as well. So yesterday was a, a, a great example of this this winning ugly. Um, and I know a lot of people don't like it because you just say, well, either win ugly or, or win beautiful. If it's 6-0 or 2-1, it's still three points sort of thing. But we talk about so much about style of football because you need to have a decent style of football. But they're the games that you've, you've just got to take by the scruff of the neck. And, and it's great that Celtic have done it because perhaps, you know, at 1-1, I was more fearing that, you know, this could, this could we could walk away with nothing, to be honest with you. Um, because it wasn't the performance that that, were, um, that we wanted. Well, there's Callum coming in there, backing you up there. I said, I thought when Aberdeen Clash we were going to get beat for sure. You know, it was a, it was a substance over style. Paddy Labby comes in and says, a staff out of his depth at Celtic. Now, I did the man remands for the Celtic where yesterday. I mean, I mentioned two words with Staffel. Uncomfortable and cumbersome. Right? And I don't think the Celtic supporters would disagree with that. It's, you know, he just, he doesn't like playing that, playing it around at the back. And as you say, if the shot pass isn't on to Starfield, he, he kind of, he panics and, you know, and, and opposition teams can sense that. You know, so it's uh, that's you know again you've touched upon it. You know what you're watching with Starfield, and you don't want to have a massive downer on because he does bring some qualities there. But you know, it's just finding a style that maybe suits him. You know, or finding players around about him that make him feel more comfortable in the team. But it just it, there's just that there's something no connecting with Starfield when he's trying to play that uh, you know that football at the back for me. And for a lot of the Celtic supporters are now starting to question is he out of his depth? Well, I, I think the, the manager will ultimately be the judge of that. And speaking of the manager, Amy, we've all heard that he had to win football matches. He did it yesterday. So what does he do now? Does he adapt? Does he wait till January till he tries to get the players in? Because Ange himself said this is a two or, two or three window job where, to quote, I want to get more players in that I believe can play the type of football we want to play. So that's him still in his head. He's going to trust the process until he gets the players in that can execute the system. Is that fair enough? Absolutely. You know, it's his 
his his mantra basically and you've got to give him that window because if you you know that he's going to delve into the, the Japanese market again he's, he's admitted that himself so he's got one case from there you know and that's Kyogo so everybody is ranting and raving about Kyogo so that will be his you know his example he'll go look well if if you give me another window, two more windows to get more guys in like this, then then look what we could sort of build because there's no denying that that Kyogo certainly knows knows his role. Um, and saying that, I would sometimes, you know, perhaps maybe not him because he's he's the um, the, the forward in that. But you're hoping perhaps that that Yota, especially maybe in a bad day, they just need to do their tracking back business a bit more. Yeah, that's. That's probably the the one downfall that both of their their play right now, um, and just offering that little bit of cover because of the, the counter and things like that. The way that Celtic plays so expansive, so attacking that when it comes to the counter, they need to get the the bodies back behind as well. But it is it's tough because I think Ange, I think we all kind of know that he's going to just stick to stick to his guns here, um, and you know in some cases that will turn out. But other times you just have to go, come on, just a, a little bit of adaptation, and it's not major changes. It's not anything colossal it's just there's a few little tweaks here and there um because you look at some it's more kind of than learning from mistakes you know if you bring on a yeti for 20 minutes what is he really doing so is a yeti the guy that he should be bringing on sort of thing um and, and we discussed it last week Tony. sometimes even going from like you know the a four three 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 five two. it's just switching up the formations a little bit when in attack when in defense um so it's these little things that you would we can all be a manager from here, though, that we'd perhaps like to see. But if Ange does it, that's, that's a totally different ball game. But well, he was a wee bit pragmatic, Amy, in terms of he brought Beaton in, right? Yeah. Uh, to the, that midfield, right? And he functioned with a six, a ten and an eight yesterday. Colin Watt on the pre-match show was quick to point that out. And he also said at halftime, I think Colin said that uh, Callum McGregor looked comfortable more comfortable yeah. uh, with a six and a ten beside him as he was occupying that eight role kind of box to box type, you know. So I guess Andrew's probably aware that he maybe needs a, a six, yeah. You know, from the the Japanese market, a kind of maybe a, a defensive midfield type. I don't know. That's probably any thoughts. But they're rather saying that if McCarthy can get up to speed, he could maybe offer you that. Uh, because he clearly doesn't trust Sorrow, does he? He maybe thinks that Sorrow's a liability. I don't know that. I certainly think that Sorrow's a liability. But up until Beaton got out, jumped for the goal, he was playing okay. He was doing the role that he was asked to do. Yeah, Neil should have scored. Yeah, terrible header, <laughs> shoulder, whatever it was, he hit it with. But you know, but he was fun- he was functioning, and Celtic were functioning. But then he got out, jumped for the goal, and just kind of it went to kind of pieces for him then, it certainly went to pieces for, for a period in the second half but what was evident that McGregor was happier playing beside a 6 and a 10 wasn't he as you say Turnbull flitted in and out the game but the quick thinking for the throw and then the cross for the goal yeah, you know things like that which is what these guys bring but you just want to see them do it on a more consistent basis but I genuinely think that a defensive midfielder could be a priority in January if McCarthy's not going to fill that role all the time Absolutely, because that is obviously what we all kind of thought that McCarthy was, you know, coming in for. We knew, you know, he's I'm not going to say aging because he is, to be honest, should probably be hitting about his, you know, prime for that sort of position because he's you're not asking him to to run all, all the time, um, yeah. Um, but <laughs> the, the inconsistencies are there because of the injuries, you know, and that was a worry for all of us. We knew we were bringing in this experienced head, all the. Premier League cast behind them, the international appearances, and that was, you know, exciting. But there was always that flip side that there's a reason that James McCarthy's, you know, not even higher up or, or still not even at the the level that he, his talent actually does possess him to be. But it's just because, you know, he's got six months out of time or nine months out of time, um, and that's when it can get get tricky because if you know you're you're like if that's like a job application basically everything that you've just described what you're wanting a player to come in and do to come in partnership um, Callum McGregor as well you're thinking well James McCarthy's kind of like the perfect guy that you need for that that role and you'd employ him straight away but it's just finding that consistency like see how long can you actually rely on James McCarthy it's frustrating because you just think wow we know what he's got in him um, 
because we've all seen it. Any football fan has seen it. Um, you, you know, if it be on the international stage or in the Premier League, and at the Premier League for so many years as well. And he's always done the dirty work, you know, on an Everton side or, or a Palace yeah. side or something like that. Um, so it's tough. Another player probably will need to come in. Um, because you can't just, like you say, solely rely on one guy who is so injury-prone. Yeah. Um, and do you really then want the backup to be beat on? No. Beat on no. the backup backup. Um, well, David Boyle comes in there and said the midfield was much more balanced yesterday. Hopefully we stick with either Rodgick or Tumble. And I used that saying that it was balanced yesterday. And the thing is as well, when Rodgick came on, it was his twinkle toes and swelled and pivot that released Montgomery, which led to the goal. So that was that was a good instance of Ange using his substitutes well because it paid off. Yeah. You know, and I think that's been a criticism you said a jetty. I didn't see the purpose of a jetty coming on and, and shoving Kyogo out wide. But the one substitution that he that he did make that was telling and who made a telling contribution, that's what you want subs to do. Impact the game, make a telling contribution, was Rogic, you know, and that's and that's uh, that brought us the, the winning goal. So that augurs well moving forward as well if you're going to rotate, rotate Roger and Turnbull as opposed to playing them together in the same side. I think Ange knows that himself as well. Obviously, Rogic is a guy that he's probably known the longest um, within the Celtic side. And he knows the impact. You know, Tom Rogic, he, he can do great within 60 minutes, but in that last half hour, he, he will really dip off. He's one of those guys as well that he doesn't need an abundance, abundance sort of time to make the impact. He really can be that impact sub. And if it you know, you want to start your strongest eleven. I understand that. So it's, it's kind of, I feel I'm going to contradict myself here, but <laughs> if you wouldn't have to drop one off Turnbull or Rogic, you're just thinking who could potentially make that impact and it probably would be Rogic more than Turnbull. So he needs a little bit of time to get into the game, get into flow. Um, so I know you want to start your strongest eleven, and potentially that could be Rogic, but you've also got to think of that a little bit further forward. Here he is, this, <laughs> the slobber knocker himself. I don't know if you heard that. Anyway. Russell was playing Call My Bluff yesterday and he told educating everybody by saying that Celtic Aberdeen or the Aberdeen Celtic game was going to be a slobber knocker. There you go, Russell. <laughs> and for all those out there who went, what? Explain what a slobber knocker is to them. <laughs> it wasn't quite yesterday for a start, but it was um, it was a term used in the, the old WWF days back in the 90s. They would call it a slobber knocker. So that's, that's the term. I kind of came out, I kind of just <laughs> said it without even thinking about the wrestling connotation. Well, you educated us all, Russell. Welcome to the Monday Club. Yes. We were talking about the 6, 10 and 8, which Colin what? It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio was a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. This week on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct-to-Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Yeah, I spoke about uh, yeah. the pre-match show, and we were just discussing about that the Celtic midfield looked a lot more balanced yesterday with Beaton in there, and McGregor looked a lot more comfortable playing alongside a 6 and a 10. Now, we were saying that Ange has probably got his eye on bringing in some kind of defensive midfielder because moving forward, we don't think that 
uh, Beaton or Sorrow will fill that role. And whilst we hope it would be McCarthy, we just you know can't depend on his fitness to play all the time. But ideally, that's what would happen. So we're thinking possibly that Ange has his eye on a defensive midfielder from the J League or from the A League or someone who's watched mm-hmm. or managed previously. Would you agree with that? I think you'll have a. I think you might have a harder task in convincing the board. We all know how notorious the board are in January for spending money, but I also think when they've invested a four-year deal in James McCarthy, they might be trying to. They may have because if that wasn't an Ange signing, you wouldn't be surprised. He seems to get pigeonholed as this defensive holding midfielder. Not that I'm convinced that actually mm-hmm. is what your game is per se, but I wouldn't be surprised if they were thinking it'd be. You know, if you're wanting to do that, then you've already got someone there. So. If, the thing is, Ange, it did seem only got, you know, one of his transfer targets in the summer. And that's my biggest concern, that whilst we say he needs two or three windows, and I'm all for that, judging on the success of Kyogo, by the way, I mean, you know, that alone, I'm just a wee bit concerned that if he carries on at that ratio, only getting one of his desired targets each each window, then it might be more difficult to convince them or not. But I wholeheartedly agree with you on the midfield balance yesterday. I thought it was... It totally worked, and Wells Beaton may well not be the long-term solution. He definitely, definitely felt like it was the right, like the right type of players in each of those positions, as opposed to square pegs yeah. around home. Yeah, that's what it felt like—the right type of players, didn't it? And then also the the impact that Rodri made when he came on, which was what he was brought on to do, which brought the yep. winning goal. So it, it all, it was a kind of victory for Ange in the sense of that they they won ugly, but they did the job. They had the substitutes. Well, one substitute in particular did what he was asked to yeah. do. So, you know, and t- another aspect of yesterday, which, you know, brought up Joe Hart, two brilliant saves, critical staging game, one from Scott Brown and Johnny Hayes, ex-Celtic players, and goodness knows what they have if either of them had gone in, Amy. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but also, Joe Hart was causing a bit of pressure with that, playing it out from the back at times. You know, the first, the very first clearance, he, he smacked it out of the park. And then in his next move, we, we were taken right into our corner and put under pressure. You know, and I love Joe Hart. I love the influence he's had since he's come in. But, you know, you just, you're just kind of thinking, you know, you need to kind of rectify that, don't you, Celtic, if they're going to keep playing it back to Joe Hart and the defence and, and, and get some kind of consistency and fluency about knocking it around there and using Joe Hart as an outlet. Yeah, I think it's going, it's going around the medical round too many times. It's going back to the goalkeeper. Like, see, once he's passed it out first time, it should then be, you know, however the, 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 the method is, they should be able to pass it out, you know, and it doesn't go, Joe Hart's not out the move. But it's mm-hmm. continually going back to him for a second time, a third time, and that's where his uncertainty is coming from. Sorry, Amy. I'm not going to give because I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> I, did, I did level that question to Amy, but Russell jumped in. So, what did you no, go I know, sorry. I know, I realised you had. Sorry. <laughs> I, don't, I don't mind. Um, yeah, it's just what Russell said. Um, it's, you need him to be able to, you know, to, to be the, the heart of it. If it, let's pardon pun actually, I didn't even mean that. Um, and <laughs> you need him to be, a, he is an integral part. And that's kind of in in this style and in this Ange um, way of playing. So for him to not have the confidence that he kind of has been oozing since coming into the Celtic side, um, you know, he's had that the the confidence and just kind of had an aura about him that you know I've got this really, um, and I get it, and I still believe that he gets it because you know I think he ended up tweeting the picture or putting it on his Instagram himself. But you know that's a guy who celebrated that that winning goal as well because I think he'd obviously realised as well. You know, you look at the Aberdeen goal, he should have just bundled my coming out way. There's no denying that. It's just that's not the lad out. Um but you, I think he realised obviously, you know, that's kinda on on me. So to be then obviously a, a victor in that game then it, it meant a lot. So he definitely gets it. Um there, there's no denying that. But I don't know if I think maybe it was almost like in the first few instances you thought, right, yeah, heart is going to suit this sort of style of system, playing out for the back or whatever. And he is more than comfortable, but there's been a few times that, you know, if, if there was a more prolific striker or winger a little bit quicker, he's been caught on his heels a few times um, and there's been, the opposition have been pouncing down on him. And somebody was just maybe a little bit more clinical than these sort of instances that you all sort of, you know, deep breath in and, and you kind of, you get yourself all nervous and 
eventually it's going to go the wrong way. Yeah, I'm not calling out the question his ability. I think his shortstop ability is brilliant. His leadership qualities have been fantastic. <laughs> I just think yesterday he didn't legislate for Adam Montgomery's lack of height and a jump. <laughs> I genuinely think he thought Adam Montgomery was going to get that and nobody was more surprised in the net because Adam was like, uh, that's true. you know and, and I think cause had he anticipated that Adam was going to get in there I think he would have thrown him out the road because that's the kind of you know instinctive reflexive goalkeeper he is but I, I genuinely think he thought that Montgomery was getting it but it was spinning wasn't it it was one of those because it came off I think Ferguson's shoulder didn't it and it kind of looked but I, I think he thought because we had the guy on the poster covering that side that it, it, he was getting it. So I'll cut him some slack then. But maybe he should have. Maybe he thinks now I should just have flung him out the road and, and got to it. You know what I mean? So that you know hindsight's a great thing, and it, but it's still good to look upon look back on it having won the match, Russell. You know that that was the main thing, wasn't it? Job done. Now I don't like touching upon these things, but I think you have to. Uh, the referee yesterday. Bobby Madden. Now, Amy, I looked at a stat. Celtic had 62% of possession, yet allegedly Celtic committed 27 fouls. Somebody, somebody really want to, somebody needs to sit me down and explain that. Because some things, football things, I don't understand them. And I certainly don't understand that yesterday. And I think Bobby Madden didn't exactly cover himself from glory. I don't think he'd, he'd, a, he'd a great game. And not for the first time this season. You know, you look at things that, you know, you look at what Tumble got books for, and then you, I go back to the, the Andy Halliday challenge on Callum McGregor. You know, which was a real, a real shocker. Didn't get a card. You know, I mean, I, we said that after that game. I think I was on with Russell and yourself, and we said it's up to Celtic now to to mention these things. You know, and there's Jason Lark coming and saying Far can't come soon enough. But uh, do you think Celtic are getting a raw deal, Amy? Is it is it time that the somebody at the club spoke up? and said something about the standard of officiating? Is it just Celtic? Um, well, I don't know. Yeah. There's, the, there's the standard in refereeing. It's not at its greatest right now. It's really not. Um, and then I know this, again, this has got some really contradictory. I'm really not sure if I'm the biggest fan of VR coming in Scottish football, if I'm totally honest with you, because it depends on which way that it's operated. Um, so it's going to be really interesting discussions that come ahead because I'm not, I'm not a big fan of it at all. Um, I know a lot of people thought it was really well used within the Euros. I actually don't think it was. I think there's a few instances. Um, I always just think of the Lukaku goal. I can't even remember who Belgium were playing. But it was clear as day offside, you know, um, and it even showed it in, in the VR replay, but it was it was onside, so, or it was deemed onside. So there's, there's little moments like that. I'm not 100% sure about VAR, but I know that they're... If it's the perfect alternative, then to the standard of Scottish refereeing, then then needs must um, because at that rate though it's, it's who's going to be operating it. It's just going to be the same sort of guys that are operating it because that's that's the nature. Because it's not a full time professional up here either, still refereeing. So perhaps that's a that's an issue in itself, you know. And I've I've spoken to a few um, former referees recently. Um, like John Robotham, etc. Like doesn't need to go to a full time role. There was just, you know, those two stats that you just you just rattled off there. It doesn't make sense. Um, and again, it's a tough one because I just keep thinking, you know, that that holiday tackle on McGregor at the start mm. of the season that that's a joke. Um, you know, if you're looking at other tackles yesterday as well, well then that studs up. He's nowhere near the ball, nowhere near the ball. He's just clearly clipped McGregor. He's, he's yards away from the ball, but then a, a booking doesn't even come out. So the standard across the board is is really, really poor right now. Russell, your thoughts on that? I mean, I don't, as I say, I don't like bringing these things. I'm, I'm not a huge conspiracy theorist, but, you know, the evidence is there now, isn't it? You're, you're watching it and you're seeing, you know, clubs, you know, a lot of clubs being refereed to a different standard. The, I just think at times as well, it's the wee ones that annoy me. There was a there was a moment that they were showing the replay again on on uh, the highlights reel or on Twitter. It was I think someone had put it up, and it was like Hugo's off the ball, right? And uh, an Aberdeen player. This is three yards in front of the referee, just as he's walking by. Two hands pushes him. Hugo's flying. Madden's looking right at it and doesn't do anything. And then you get down to the inconsistencies. And again, I'll give you a trivial one. We Ralston was halted in his tracks when trying to pinch a couple of yards, right? That's what, that's what you do when you're taking your throw in. The Aberdeen boy who'd been 
greeting his eyes out the holes first half, anything, you ought to got the ball, fawn about like a sack of tatties. He was an embarrassment, man, honestly. But he, he runs with the ball for 20 yards up the touchline. Nothing said. Ball in his hand, he's stealing, well, maybe not 20 yards, but you know what I mean. See, a considerable amount of uh, travelling he did with the ball in his arms before the throw-in. And the Ralston incident had only been moments before. So that sort of inconsistency, you're going, I would love... Uh, I would love us to be, you know, looking at it and saying it's just the referees are poor. And there's other times you've got to feel at times that that is a raw deal. There's the comment coming in for Paul. I mean, we were without possession for only 37 minutes. And in that time, you know, 27 fouls, it's it's an unrealistic number. Yeah, I foul every 82 seconds out of possession. Really, I, I mean, I, I found that right. And the one that got to me was Turnbull's booking. I mean, it was a nonsense. And Turnbull yep. got booked because I think he'd let other things go and didn't grab the game by the scruff of the neck as a referee should and booked Turnbull for the sheer hell of it. Yeah. You know, it was for absolutely nothing. You know? There you go. Brown Warrior comes in. The tackle on MacArthur last week was a potential season ender for him as well. Look, we're not disagreeing. We're just highlighting the fact that maybe at his time, Celtic, a representative of Celtic, said something about it. Because, yep. and as Amy said there as well, not just Celtic, but then that's up to other clubs to have their representatives question it as well. But See, yesterday was kind of one of those games where, it, you know, I just thought, you know what, you know, that, that, yeah, I just felt that I didn't think Madden had a great game. Let's put it that way. I think because the VAR is a good point that Amy's making as well. How are they going to implement this? Because I was hearing on the radio it might be a more cost effective way to implement VAR using Scottish officials as the person behind the thing. And you, I kind of was like, there's a bit of irony in that, you know? The reason that we're looking for VAR is because we're thinking they're incompetent, not so we, you know, I, I don't know. I suppose yeah. it would put to bed that it's a moment's instance where they've got it wrong and they're only human. If you then got one of them, you know, still getting it wrong when they've looked at it three or four times, then, you know, we can obviously look a wee bit deeper into what the reasons for that could be. But... I do understand that VR would be a very expensive thing to bring to Scottish football, um, yeah. or you'd go through the you go down the cheaper road of kind of officiating it yourself, which wouldn't surprise you if we had to go down that road, such as the sort of meagre sponsorship deals that we've got in the in the country's the, the national game right now. But there seems no punishment for referees that continually get things wrong, Russell, because they end up mm-hmm. refereeing Celtic Rangers, Hibs, Hearts the following week. You know, there's no... So they seem to be able to make mistakes, glaring ones, and then, you know, they're, they're back at a top-flight game the next week, Amy. You know, so they're, there's no real deterrent there, is there, for them to to improve, per se? No, keep, there's only a certain yeah. caliber that can, like say, can play or can referee, sorry, officiate at this level, so... Needs must. Um, and again, it's going to be an issue that's going to be talked about so much um, after that kind of like initial talk take does take place about VR. That was obviously confirmed last week. Um, so it's going to be interesting because I don't know if it is the answer. Uh, and I know you've got to then offer some sort of alternative. I do believe the alternative is making referees on, on a full-time basis um, because it's a profession, it is a career and perhaps more time. Um, I don't know how else it would, it would really uh, that, that'd be my alternative option really um, to go down that route because I just I think VR is so it really does also depend on who's operating a bit if you look at right, say right now the model that's in uh, in the Premier League down south would you really want that up here you know it causes so many you know controversies all these wiggly lines that there's no way half of them are straight um, and it's like if this guy had clipped his toenail would that mean that he'd have been onside like it's it's tiny tiny margins like that and it does take the buzz out of the game as well um, I don't know like if, if any of have experienced it yet but it's it's not it, it just takes you know you can even be sitting at home you know and you think it's a great goal and then you're having to wait a few minutes and it's like dissecting it and it does take the buzz out of it um, and this is the same obviously across Europe so you need to think about things like that as well. I know you're never, ever going to please everybody and then it is offering that option because here we are saying that maybe that the standard the refereeing isn't at its greatest, so then you're offering something else to come in and then we're just kind of turning your noses up at it. But I think it just depends how it's going to be implemented, how 
who's going to officiate it really um, and what kind of what kind of VR are we, is it going to be the VR the Euros so many people did praise I'll be honest I wasn't one of them or is it going to be like the one that we see across sometimes the Champions League you see down um, in the Premier Premier League down there but it's just sometimes it's just the inconsistencies Right, we'll move on. I want to talk about the strap line, Russell. Can Pertorgi victory reignite Celtic's title challenge? Now, the three of us spoke last week and we were concerned, grave concerns about Celtic winning any of the three away games that we had coming up this this month. Pertorgi, eh, Fir Park and Easter Road. Now, we've set ourselves up nicely to win all three. These on such matters can seasons turn. You know, you go and you grind it out and you, you stay in it. You stay in the title race until January when the manager can maybe do something and the board can help the manager work, you know, and work things out and get in better players. Is that the way you see it now, that Ange now has a platform upon which to build after winning yesterday and winning ugly and winning the way that we hoped that the Celtic team could do from, from the start of the season? Well, I think there's been a, a, you know, a lot of chat now. People are maybe trying to compare it to the Kilmarnock game, I think it was 2010, was it? 2011? And, and the uh, when, three down. Yeah, the Neil Lennon gave us, you know, the 3-0. And people are trying to sort of compare it to that. And, you know, I kind of, I see some similarities, to be honest with you. I really do, because it was a desperate start to the season that year. It's been a desperate one this year. But a win can galvanise you and yeah. also shows you the way. Now you've got a win and, uh, you know, that's, that's that, you know, the, the jinx over now, you know. And now you could start also what we've seen yesterday with the lineup, with commenting on the midfield shape, for example. Maybe you're now looking at more of a winning formula away from home. The most impressive thing for me yesterday was we won a wee bit ugly at times. And I've got no issue with that. I didn't have this team, from what I'd seen so far, I didn't have them down as being capable of winning in a manner that they did yesterday. And for that, I'm delighted to be wrong. You know? But it was the first time I think we've seen hints of that and I'm hoping, I know every game has got different, you know, you know, every opposition is different. You're going to be coming against different obstacles, different tactics, formations, setups. But I think what we showed yesterday was well, a wee bit of adapting, we managed to get the job done. And I think that's the first time I've felt I've said this season, apart from AZ, even though we still lost that match away from home, we got the job done. Smile, Russell, smile. Smile. <laughs> now that brings you on to a kind of wider point, Amy. Then, if we can, Celtic can hang on until January, just keep the, the gap to what it is, or maybe reduce it. About ins and outs. Now, we know we touched upon it earlier before us going about Ange saying that he's going to go into the J League or the Japanese market and maybe try and recruit some other players. But some, some outs, I mean, you have to think that. It's the kind of end of the road for guys like Barkas, Bolly, possibly even a jetty. You know, uh, you, you would you'd probably think, you know what, cut your losses and, and see what happens and see if you can get something for them. But if they're going to bring in players, you're going to bring in players to make your team better. You, you have to jettison the ones that just aren't playing or are playing back parts or don't. You don't see you have a future at the club. And I, I would think that Barkas, Bolly and a jetty fall into that category. Do you agree? I think. Barkas definitely does. Um, that's just been one of these failed projects. Um, the guy's heart's not in it either. Uh, you know, I think, was it the first game back at, at Parkhead? You saw those videos folk were taking it. He was just so unbothered, you know, just not not a, an interest, a care in the world, anything like that. Um, so, you know, it's, it's just not been one of those successful projects. I think for himself as well, he'll need to get his career somehow back on track. Um, but if that's his sort of attitude, then I think he'll struggle. Um, a Yeti, I don't know. I don't actually see him going as, as an iffy one um, because it's tough. Like, it's kind of that knee jerk that, you know, he had a few goals a few weeks ago and everyone was going, this is just what he needed. He needed that little bit of run of form. But then there's the frustration because then he goes a few games without really, you know, producing really anything it's because his attitude's not there and I kind of always go back to um, remember when we had Timu Puki and he just looked the most uninterested guy and I think that's, I get really frustrated when I see him like down at Norwich especially when he was in the championship and he was scoring like 
20 to 30 goals come like my god you actually look like you want to go and you know win a ball and whatever I thought when Pookie was up here there was just I always remember the game at Tynecastle and I just thought you know just have a little bit of want you know go and chase down that, that ball put a little bit of pressure on but he just sort of floated about and didn't really like seem to have a care in the world and I think a Yeti sometimes goes down that path as well almost like in a, like a bit of a strop like if he's not getting the ball right into his feet if he's not getting into those positions at that time and he's just kind of like Given, given up the, the, the ghost to be honest so I don't know um, I think a lot of fans would actually be disappointed to see him go um, and I think that's a weird one considering where he actually is at but I'd, I'd personally try and give him until the end of the season um, and again because it does depend on who we bring in in, in the, the, the window as well because um, Yakimakis is still kind of like an unknown quantity at this stage in a Celtic shirt Um you know, it'll really take until he probably gets his first goal, gets a few runs in the team to um, to really like establish and determine how good he could potentially be. But I think it's kind of important if because you look at the state we were in just last week. You know, if Kyogo picks up another injury, then we're left a little bit short. I think Barkas and a goalkeeper roles are a little bit different. And then for Bolongoli, you know, he's not in European sides um, or European squad, so there's not that much. You know, to that then, to that extent, it appears that Ange doesn't have the most um, sort of confidence in his ability, sort of thing. But again, he was just kind of flung out of nowhere, wasn't he? So it's it's understanding, you know, the relationships. um, But I wouldn't actually be too disappointed to see him go, to be honest. Yourself, Russell, who goes in January? Yeah, I think the three names that you said are, uh, you know, certainly, yeah, definitely, though, they've got to go. Yeah, it is. Ajayi's a difficult one. I think we're already used to him more this season than what we actually would have liked to, just purely because he doesn't fit the way that we're playing. He looks, you know, he looks uncomfortable in this in the system. He looks like he's starved of the service that he needs. And the type of foot, I mean, I think it was on, was it was it Thursday he came on, he touched the ball twice, both times in his own half. <laughs> I mean, he's not going to work. I think Giacomacus needs to get fit. Um, yeah. I think the two-week break, Whilst it might not have came at a great time for Celtic because we've got a first away win, I actually think there's positives in that as well, where like the likes of him can get up to speed, Forrest will be closer, things like that. Um, I'm going off on a tangent. As for uh, you know, Ajeti, I mean, if he doesn't, if we can't bring in at least one, if not two more forwards in January, then we are going to need to keep him. I don't think we can we can sell him on that. But on, in terms of how does he fit the Celtic setup at this moment in time? And whether he's a player I'd be looking to keep just in isolation looking at Ajeti. Not for me now, unfortunately. I think it's I think he's not not going to be quite up to it. Uh, our boss managers put up a thirteen year old has been charged for a breach of the peace and reported to Youth Justice Management Unit for throwing a bottle after Jota scored the winner. Yeah, that was a very unsavory incident at Petodre yesterday. And I think Andy Walker highlighted it, didn't he, in his commentary? Yep. He was questioning how you could allow a youngster to do such a thing, and I uh, I was firmly behind Andy Walker condemning that live on air, and well, well done to him. But these are just things that are becoming too frequent at football now, Amy, and it's unacceptable, isn't it? And if that's what has to happen to to youngsters to teach them some kind of lesson, it's just unacceptable in any walk of life, and it's unacceptable certainly at the football. Absolutely, and if you know if it's not coming from parenting, then it needs to come from you know a, a more powerful source like that, and really set the precedent because you can't you can't be having that, especially not in the Scottish game. You know, you look at um, across European leagues, what's happened over the last week, talking about youngsters and their impact at games, it's been really rather unsavoury. So you don't want to have that in, within your own game. Russell, yourself, it's, it's unsavoury, and it's 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 uh, the, the age is a concern. That it's 13. Stole my words. That's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah, I mean, I just, uh, I just find that so sad. I really do. I don't know if it's a parental issue or or, or whatever, but I just find that at 13 years of age, you, you throw a bottle at a footballer. I just, I can't get my head around that. I, I, I never will. I, at that age, when I was watching football, I was loving seeing these footballers from the team I supported and great players from the opposition. You know, I just I love I love the game and I just love being at it. It wouldn't occur to me to do something like that. So that's that was a sadness yeah. from yesterday. Yeah, poor. But I mean, I just, we spoke about the top of the program, Russell. That 
We're on a Monday club and we're celebrating a Celtic away win, the first one since Valentine's Day. And it's a wonderful feeling. And we've been mm. very, very positive about moving forward and things that could happen. And I don't know, I think uh, I think the way people celebrated that winning goal yesterday, the team, the, the fans and the manager, you just felt something was stirring, didn't you? Something's, something's turning, there's a, a mindset change about it all. And hopefully that is, as the start line says, the victory that reignites the, the title challenge. I think you're right. And I think as well, with regards to why it felt like something was stirring, what, what's impressed me is the likes of Kyogo and, and Jota in particular, with their absolute passion for the cause. They're not yeah, faking it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really? There you go. Yeah. Oh, sorry, I, but, but I mean, definitely. I mean, that's the inspiring thing. And then when you've got the likes of Cal McGregor educating the rest, James McCarthy hopefully can get in, you know get himself fit and become the player we all know he can because again he doesn't need educated on what's happening right now he gets it from the from the off so I think Ange's definitely was needing the win um, and I certainly think what it proved yesterday was the vast 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 majority if not all are very much still supporting the manager and I think there was that air of relief yesterday as well that that wins. Mm-hmm gone. Uh, that win's happened now because with that win happening, it's kind of puts to bed any doubters that oh, he doesn't know what he's doing, he can't change his setup. he doesn't know what he's doing away from home, we're too open, we're too expansive. You know, you didn't really see that yesterday, albeit we were poorer in the second half. I just happened to think Aberdeen got to grips with the game at halftime and came out with a better strategy. But at the end of the day, we dug deeper and got a result and that really encourages me. And I know that sounds like real trivial football and cliches, digging deep and rolling the sleeves up and stuff like that. But for me, Celtic haven't done that enough this season. So I was uh, really, really, really enjoyed it yesterday. That that's my most pleasing one of the season, no doubt. Oh yeah, and and I think that's that's where a lot of, you know, I would say negativity or criticism has come from, because now that you know that that's what that's in the Celtic team to do that, Amy. That's what we've been wanting from them from the get-go, from the from when the ball kicked off at Tynecastle in the league campaign. That's all you wanted to see, and the, the ability to get a result like that. And I think it will do the manager and the players of the world a good. They know they can do it now, you know. And, it, and, it, and as you say, winning ugly, it doesn't matter how you do it. It was definitely substance over style, you know. So I and I'll take that any day. We work in finesse and style later when Ange gets the players in to play the yeah. system he wants. But until then, you compile a sequence of results and then once you get the guys in that you want over those two or three windows, which you have said, then then you can produce the style. And I'm, and I'm, and I'm happy with that. That's all I want from Ange. It's not about telling agendas again. We want the manager to succeed. Look at us We're all smiling on a Monday because our team's won. The world's a better place when your team wins and it wins an important game. Exactly. Isn't that right, Amy? Stop it winning football games. Yeah, correct. You know, and that's the thing. Right, Michael Cathart, do you three think we can win the league realistically? I don't think Rangers are anywhere near the side they were last year. Well, Michael, you've kind of half answered the question. If Rangers aren't anywhere near the side they were last year and Celtic get their act together in any shape or form, it's conceivable that they can win it. I, I still believe that they can win it. You know, they're, they're not out of it. We've never, ever said they were out of it. And if Rangers aren't the force they were, then of course Celtic are going to challenge. But as Amy just said there, it's all about winning football matches. Amy, do you think Celtic can win the league? You can't write it off. And it's kind of what we were saying last week. And that's where the frustration came from because it's, it's evident that Rangers aren't the same side as they were last season. Um, but last week, they still, you know, won that game against Dundee. And... and um, and we never won against against Dundee United, so it's little fine margins like that. Um, but you you can't say no. You can never say no until it's mathematically impossible. My God, there were still people last year who thought in January that Celtic would still go on and, and be able to you know win the league. Um, so they, they certainly aren't the same force as as uh, as they were last season. Um, but it's got to be, you know, Celtic have just got to take it in their own hands right now. You've just got to keep winning football games. I can't speak for Russell, but I'm sure he would have said yes, Amy. Yeah, he's, I think he was very, he was very positive after yesterday. So it's been a real positive show. I've loved that talking about Celtic winning various 
topics regarding Celtic. Thank you, Amy, for your contribution. Really appreciate it. Thanks to all the commenters. And if you're watching on YouTube and, face, YouTube and Facebook and other social media platforms, remember to hit the subscribe button. You can enter yourself into a free prize draw for some lovely prizes. Thanks very much. Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct-to-Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. At Discount Tire, we know your time is valuable. Get 30% shorter average wait time when you buy and book online. Did you know Discount Tire now sells wiper blades? Check out our current deals at DiscountTire.com or stop in and talk to an associate today. Discount Tire. Let's get you taken care of. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network.